Welcome back to the FTW Ranch Podcast. My name is Zach, and I have more of an educational episode for you today. Ruger came through a couple of months ago for a writer's event, and we're testing out a lot of gear. And so I got to sit down with Matt Wilson and discuss a new round that they're working with, the 7mm PRC, and the new SFAR that became the first rifle that I've bought since I've been here. It impressed me a great deal on the range, and it's like a 7-pound 308 AR which, if you know that world, is pretty amazing. So we're going to talk about those today. It's a short discussion. Hope you learned something. Hope you enjoy it. Remember, this is just two people talking. Do your own research. Can't hold us liable for anything here. Please like, share, follow, and we have that Patreon, FTW Ranch Podcast, if you would like to help support us. Thank you for listening. Okay, I've got Matt in here. Again, we're still at the uh, the writer's I don't know, convention, the writer's event uh, here at the FTW. We're going to talk about some other rifles now. You guys brought in the 7PRC this week, which is a new thing, right? Yeah, so uh, Hornady launched 7mm PRC sometime middle of 2022, I guess. Okay. Uh, We launched our Ruger American in 7mm PRC right at the end of 2022. Uh, So people have seen it at SHOT Show. It's been out now for a little bit, but this is our first time really getting it in front of writers and a, a bigger audience. Did you know ahead of time that they were kind of coming out with that so y'all could pregame a weapon for it? Yeah, and and it's interesting how that works. Uh, you know, different companies certainly uh, disclose things at different times. Sure. Uh, I think we get along very well with Hornady. Uh, so we've known about it. We've kind of planned for it, but I don't know that we were really on the ball. There were definitely other companies that got there first. Hmm. Uh, well, it's mutually beneficial, right? Does it does Hornady no good to produce a, a round that no one has a gun for? Always, right? <laughs> and and it goes the other way too. If if we launched the gun and it was only a handful of rounds out there, uh, that wouldn't be any fun either. Right. Uh, but there's certainly seven PRC ammo out in the free world. I, I know it's expensive today, but it's going to get cheap. What's it run around? Well, I I haven't seen it retail, but I I chase gun broker on it just to see. And and there's some people getting some scalper type money on a box of seven PRC, but that's not going to last. That's and, good. Uh, from what we saw this week, it, this is a round that's it's real, it's serious. It was uh, impressive. Yeah. It was impressive. Uh, I've heard numerous people tell me that when, when they rebarrel their whatever caliber, the next one's going to be in 7 PRC. What are, you, what are you seeing about it? What is the real draw to this capability? So I, I like 7 Remeg a lot. Okay. And, uh, and 7 PRC performs right in that same kind of performance window. It's a big heavy for caliber seven millimeter, fast twist. It's a it's a simple barrel swap to a current seven rem mag. But you know, what we see in new calibers is they don't necessarily do something different. They do something better. And uh and seven rem mag has done well for a long time. It will continue to do really well in the hunting world forever. Uh, I think seven PRC just does some of those things more easily. It certainly gets through wind a heck of a lot better. And, is it a uh, bit different bullet profile? It, it, it's bigger and heavier. So I think we are shooting a 180 grain bullet this week. Okay. And there are 180 grain seven millimeter rem mag loads, but I don't think, I don't think there's anything out there that touches that mid 700s, you know, G1 BC that we're throwing out there this week. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. So on the gun side, uh, it's a Ruger American Magnum. It's a long action, feeds out of our three round magazine, so you have three plus one. It's a solid performer, and uh, we took our time, made sure the chambers and barrels are right. It's a one and eight twist, uh, right as Hornady prescribes. 
they fly great. How did the riders feel about it? What did they think? I think everyone was surprised at how soft it is because you expect recoil like that of a 300 Win Mag, a 7 Rem Mag, and it does not feel like that on the shoulder at all. It's it's a gentle giant. It's very comfortable to shoot. We had we had everyone shooting this week. I don't think anyone is really wearing a recoil pad of any sort. You're right. No, I don't. Nobody's licking their wounds here on the last evening. I don't remember seeing anyone use them. And I, and you're and every shooter that got up off the gun, we had a big kind of round robin. We all took turns after we got done playing with the other rifles, and everyone got up and was like, "Wow, I was really expecting more." It's almost more of a push than a pop. And so y'all, we had them in the Ruger Americans this week. We did, and maybe uh, we had a couple in the Ruger Precision Rifle as well. Oh, okay. I guess I missed those. Yeah. Nice. We well, shouldn't have. They're right there, but. Oh, yeah, that's the cases? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think those are the first two. Uh, I think they're the first two 7mm PRC precision rifles. Uh, I don't know when that'll land, but... But that's an intended line you're going to bring out with well, the RPR? Well, we know it fits, and we know it works. So now it's just a matter of time. Yeah, that, I bet. That's awesome. I think I was on the other side of the line. I was over there um, with the SFARs, yeah. which are another really impressive weapon system. Um, we don't have to stop talking about the 7 PRC just yet, but I want to jump to that. Uh, and so that's why I don't, because I saw y'all shooting those, the RPRs over there. I didn't know what caliber y'all were doing. I didn't realize that we had those in this week. What, where'd y'all get out to with that? Uh, I know people touched a mile, even with the Ruger American with no trouble. I don't know how much farther they might've gone. So y'all hit it with the seven PRC that with the American yeah. and the, and the RPR. And, yeah. Both. I drove to those plates. We counted 10 impacts at the mile. Okay. Yeah. It's uh, it, it doesn't matter how good optics are and ammo and guns. That's still a long long way <laughs> and to do it out here and these were not easy conditions the last three days have been windy i think today was like 15 to 25 mile an hour gusts uh, it wasn't we weren't shooting that today yes we were shooting it yesterday it was probably a good 10 to 15 yesterday what was the wind hold you had when i got there with the ruger american i didn't dial any wind i'd maxed up the scope on elevation was holding two more mils of elevation and four mils of wind. And you got it. Got it. That's awesome. Anything else about the PRC? Uh, I, I think the biggest thing there is, uh, you know, sometimes new calibers split hairs. Certainly it's another seven millimeter. It's a, another high performance seven millimeter. Uh, I think it's a, it's a great option. If you're not already heavily invested in rem mag, if you're not reloading a belted cartridge, the PRC family all has that same case head. The geometry works, the chambers work, the guns all shoot. I think seven millimeters, you know, especially for anyone out west, it definitely outperforms the six five PRC, which is a delight to shoot as well. Yeah. Uh, but it's not all that power of the three hundred PRC, and it's it's probably a very good middle ground for a lot of shooters. Uh, and then the Ruger American platform is a great place for it. It fits well. It feeds well. The recoil is very manageable. I, I think we had two guys on the line today shooting the uh, shooting the hair in the scope drill twenty rounds. No issue. I know I couldn't grab my dad's 270 and do that. It could wear you out. <laughs> yeah, it would. I guarantee I don't shoot that <laughs> rifle for a reason. It's got a pencil-thin barrel. and it. Ugh. So I, I missed a lot of that because I was on the other side of the range playing with the SFARs. And what have y'all done with that? Tell me about that rifle. So small-frame auto-loading rifle, that, that's SFAR. Uh, the real, I think the biggest win there is it's an AR-15 sized rifle. Uh, all the controls are the same. They're very familiar. Uh, it's mostly AR-15 sized components, the charging handle, the dust cover, all the trigger controls, uh, the buttstock, the, 
pistol grip. It's, it's all AR-15 sized stuff, but it's a 308 Winchester. Uh, so we've used some really crazy steels for the barrel extension and the bolt. Nothing 8620 or 9310 or Carpenter 158. None of that's really up to the challenge uh, for that size of a bolt to hold up to 308 Winchester. Because of just the the pressures that it's yeah, producing? Yeah, it's a lot of bolt thrust. You have that bigger case head without making the lugs any bigger. Uh, so our lug geometry is a little bit different. They're trapezoidal. They're wider at the root. Uh, that's true on the bolt and the mating part of the extension. Uh, so there's some mechanical strength there, but really it's a material science. We're using a steel that is just tougher and stronger. Uh, after that, it's it's the exercise of you know, making it work and making it run and getting the timing right. And uh, 3 Winchester works fantastically well. We have a four-position gas block, uh, so we can run it suppressed, unsuppressed, really dirty or breaking in a brand new gun. Uh, so the 308s, they work great. We had 20-inch guns out here. But we also have been playing with other calibers. You know, From day one, people have asked if we'll have 6.5 Creedmoor, when we'll have 6.5 Creedmoor. And we're definitely working on 6.5 Creedmoor because we were shooting them this week. Yeah, yeah, they shot excellent. Yeah. I think the we had the Leupold team out this week as well, and, and those two guys were excellent shooters, I think comp shooters. And um, one of them put about a three-inch group because he stacked them in the center, and we all went to look at the – we all took turns <laughs> at the spotting scope, right, at 600 yards with the 308 from the kneeling. Yeah, he was well, on a tripod – but I mean, the the fact that he could do it is a testament to his capability as a shooter. But the fact that the gun could do it blew my mind, and that was where I really that was when I got my attention, and I was like, okay, I got to take a turn on this rifle, and and it shot very well. I was super impressed with that, and it's it solves a dilemma that we've all faced, right? I've faced it myself. In do I go with the AR fifteen? and a two two three or a whatever caliber that I can fit into that, or do I jump up to the AR-10, which is much heavier to deal with, a much larger rifle, totally different to fit into the three oh eight or the 6.5 Creedmoor, like you said. And personally, I went out and I, I pieced together my Frankenstein gun and 6.5 Creedmoor, and I think it cost me like $3,500 to do all this shit. And it's like a 14-pound rifle. It's cool. It's it's fun. I like it. I honestly never shoot it because it costs me so damn much to build it, and it's heavy as hell. Yeah. And so when I grab that, and what are those what are those SFARs weigh? So we were shooting the uh, the twenty inch three hundred eight. That's seven point three pounds undressed. <laughs> I almost hit myself in the face with the <laughs> rifle when I picked it up. Yeah. I, I they handed me the gun and it went up in the air because I was expecting so much more weight to that rifle. Yeah, I mean, I don't think John really put it down for more than a couple minutes the rest of the weekend. Yeah, he shot it the whole time. He liked it a lot. Now, he didn't have a bipod because I neglected to get another bipod for it. So he was shooting off a rolled-up blanket. I saw that. Shooting yeah. hair in the scope. Which is uh, challenging. It's challenging. Good on him all the way around. Uh, loophole Mark V, I believe, on top of it. Mm-hmm. And I bet it didn't cross Bet it didn't cross 10 pounds. It might not have broken 9.5. Yeah. It, it's a light platform. Uh, it's, it's really soft. You know, just... It's not an infinitely adjustable gas block, but being able to turn it down to the slowest or lowest gas setting where it still runs, Mm. that takes a lot of the recoil out. And then the biggest difference shooting this gun side by side with an AR-10 is because the bolt carrier group is so much smaller. I mean, AR-10 bolt carrier group is huge. It is. It's big in diameter. It's, I don't know, two inches longer maybe. Uh, But all that mass has to go backwards in recoil come to a stop turn around to go back to battery and sfar's bolt and carrier is so small and so light in comparison 
you don't have all that energy coming back in your shoulder. It probably cycles a lot faster too. So that's ish. Yeah. Uh, so the the length of travel that it goes is certainly a little bit shorter than an AR-10, but it still has to go back and forth uh, at a at least to catch the round. The same. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the, the round needs to be able to have time to come up in the magazine to present, to be able to be fed. Uh, so everything has, has to take time, and that probably all works out about the same. Yeah, they work, they work well. They did. They really did. Now, what are, so you solved the problem with the size. How did you do that? Is it, it's an AR-15 platform. Did you just open the magazine well up? How, what else, what did you have to change? Yeah, so these are, these are bespoke uh, upper and lower forgings. The length is the same. So if you lay... SFAR lower on top of an AR556 lower, uh, the pivot pin, the takedown pin, they land in the same space. What you end up seeing is that because it's a huge mag well in comparison, it's a lot longer, it's a lot wider. Yeah. We've pushed the fire control group back. So you see the, the hammer and trigger pivot pin holes are actually behind uh, behind where they are in AR556 and shifted out under where the selector is now under the takedown pin. So there is a shift in total overall size it's virtually invisible unless you're looking for it. And when you pick it up, it's very hard to tell the difference whether you picked up a 223 or a 308. Yeah, it looked like an AR to me. I could hike with this. I could carry this anywhere on the ranch. It's not going to wear me out. It's going to weigh pretty much the same as any other hunting rifle. Uh, but I have a semi-auto capability, which is big. I can shoot fast. I run into a herd of hogs. I might get a couple of them instead of one. You know what I mean? How far did y'all were y'all able to reach out with that? Did you test it distance? Uh, I went fourteen hundred to the six point five. We never went back where we could go farther than that. So an AR platform, you shot out of the box at fourteen hundred yards. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Went three for five, trying to figure out the wind on that target. But I mean, we could keep going. I think if we wanted to. I think you could have kept for up sure. a pretty high hit rate. I kind of just envisioned that as a do it all. I could grab it. It's lightweight. It'll hit whatever I'm pointing it at and would, would make a great ranch rifle. What Any other details that you did with the SFAR? No, I, I think that's a lot of it. Like, uh, everyone likes to shoot an AR, but sometimes you need more than a two two three. You do, right? You do. And I remember you talking, those uppers are interchangeable. So if you bought it in three oh eight or you wanted it in another, you could just swap those uppers. Does the bolt interchange as well? Do you need a new bolt, or is it just... It would, but if if you ever get to that point, you'd probably keep the upper and bolt carrier together. We don't tend to sell just an upper on its own, uh, only because we like to proof and headspace everything together. We mm. like to know that a, a gun is going out as a complete system. And when you really get down to it in the AR world, the upper is where almost all of, not only the cost, but all of the accuracy comes from the upper receiver, the bolt and bolt carrier coming together. Sure. Um, so yes, they are interchangeable. You know, that not that there's an AR-10 standard or an SFAR standard uh, like there is in the AR-15-sized world. But within SFAR, everything's going to, to pop right on to each other. The other thing that I noticed, I'm wrong-handed for anyone who didn't know that. Uh, I'm left-handed, and shooting ARs, I almost always eat the gas blowback. Always. I've worn gaiters over my face. If it's overpressured, particularly if it's suppressed, I get a ton of blowback into my face, and I never noticed that with this. And I assume that's the adjustable gas block doing that for me, right? It's a lot of it because we don't have to move a lot of gas back into the gun. We only need to move enough gas mm -hmm. back into the bolt carrier to, to make the gun function and operate. When you do look at the gun, there's, there's a lot more holes coming in through the sides of SFAR 
than you're used to seeing. You know, usually a bolt carrier has two holes on the right-hand side. Okay. Uh, we have more than that. We have a couple holes that go uh, through the outside of the upper receiver, through the barrel extension, into the into the chamber area. And, uh, and they might be there for another reason, just for overall safety of the system. But they do serve a positive effect of helping all that gas, especially when you're running suppressed, have a place to go without it squirting all the way back through the upper receiver and into your eyeball. Into my eyes, into my mag, getting the dirt, the ammunition filthy. I've pulled black rounds out of my magazines before, you know. So you've kind of built this little, hi- this like a hybrid between the AR-15 and AR-10, giving the 15 the capability. Is it interchangeable with the industry parts for ARs? Could I put a, any trigger into it from an AR? Could I, what are the, what are the things that won't... A, crossover and, and what are our things that will uh so I'll, I'll go tip to tail uh so the 308 is a 5.824 muzzle thread so any 30 cal break that you might run on a 300 blackout works fine it's a three quarter inch gas buck journal which is normal so if for some reason you want a finer adjustment than our three settings you could pull our gas block right off throw an adjustable on it go to town our gas block has its own gas pipe so you would need a gas pipe to go with your new gas block but otherwise it's pretty invisible. The The outside shape of the barrel extension is the same. The nose of the re- upper receiver is the same. Uh, so you could change the handguard. Most handguards come with their own barrel nut assembly to make it all fit. That all works. Charging handle, the trigger, the selector, grip and buttstock, those are all completely interchangeable. I think charging handle is probably the thing I would look at first. Uh, depending on what scope you have, it's nice to have a little bit more leverage, a little bit more clearance. That That's probably what I change first and most. And then I think the only difficult part would be mag catch, bolt catch. Uh, they're kind of their own beast. The button side of the mag catch, that's all the same. So you, you can really do almost anything you want to this platform without affecting its ability to function, to be accurate, to work reliably. It kind of sounds like just the magwell and the bolt, and then the bolt catch and things are, are it. Everything, all the accessories are still usable. Yeah, yeah. barrel that's bolt, huge. upper and lower receiver. I mean, the goal is to be... A platform that you can use and part of the beauty of that whole AR platform is that you know you can make it a gun for a task and build it up the way you want to you can do that with this as a three-way platform it's man Legos all the way <laughs> I'm okay with that yeah <laughs> <laughs> me too any uh, any other things about the SFAR people might like to know about or what's it coming in at MSRP where what can they expect to pay for it Ooh been a long week for numbers i uh, think it's about th- I, I just looked at it a minute ago because i i've had four of my friends ask me today uh about 1400 is 1329 yeah, 1329 MS- sounds right so, yeah and then uh they seem to be going across the counter around 1100 dollars. okay uh, so plus or minus that and where and however i think the biggest thing if you're not convinced that it's light you need to pick this thing up so see it in a store pick it up and remind yourself this is a 308 and if that doesn't do it, pick up an AR-10 because this thing is, it's light, it balances well. Uh, I have no beef with an AR-10. I still love our piston SR-762, but this is a nicer, lighter gun. I'm lazy. I'm not going to carry a heavy gun. I, I'll drag this around the woods anywhere. If it doesn't have the recoil, you don't need the weight. Oh, definitely. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah, when I grabbed it, it blew me away. I had no idea it was going to be that light. Like I said, I almost hit myself with the gun. <laughs> <laughs> that was 
Awesome, man. Thanks for coming in. I had a great time this week. Likewise. It's been a real pleasure getting to meet you and the whole crew. Ruger has impressed me. You guys send your engineers through here all the time, and so I've had so much exposure to Ruger and what you guys are doing. And uh, yeah, man, I'm glad I've learned this. I didn't know. Uh, I'm glad you had us. I hope my shooting ability didn't affect your uh, opinion of the rest of Ruger at all. <laughs> judgment-free zone. <laughs> totally judgment-free. But I always learn stuff here, and uh, I took away a lot of great tips from this week. Good. Good. Awesome. I look forward to having you back. Thank you. Cool, man. Thank you.